Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a returning guest today from our fifth episode on the radio, which was many moons ago. It was many moons ago. We have Nancy Brooks from NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. She's the executive director of NAMI here in Louisville. There's NAMI, there's a national organization, but there's chapters. How many chapters are there? There's over 600, um, mostly in the United States. Okay, there's a lot. Mm. I thought maybe like 50 or 60, but 600 is a lot. Uh, so 600 different chapters of NAMI, uh, National Alliance of Mental Illness here in Louisville. You've been executive director there for how long? I'm going on year five. Oh, nice. I know. Hard to believe. Yeah. So I met Nancy. I served on the board with NAMI a few years ago, and that's how we met. I uh, stayed in touch ever since, and she was a guest with us in 2020. I think it was right before like COVID hit. Um, when we first started on the radio here, because we used to record in Lizzie's office at Spalding University. Then we got picked up here by 106.5 Forward Radio, and I think you were like the fifth episode for us on the radio just before COVID hit. So, um, yeah, that's been two years. and Awesome. Great to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. Thank you. And I guess I'll, uh, I'll go into business. You're listening to 106.5 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, all podcast platforms. If you have a podcast pod, podcast platform, podcast podcast platform, <laughs> <laughs> you can search for two. You can search for Forward Radio, and you'll find Two Nuts in a Pod. So any of those podcast streaming services. You can also find us on social media platforms. Instagram is Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two, and Facebook is Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two TWO spelled out. You can also email us anytime. 24-7-365 at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. You can email us about shows, ideas you have, comments on shows that you heard, or anything you feel you want to talk about. If you just want to talk about life, whatever, whatever you want to email us about, we're going to answer it between one day and one year. So yep. you'll have that guarantee that we will answer it in some area of that time frame. But uh, yeah, so feel free to email us anytime. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all the news. Well done. Thank you. You're so good at that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I remember trying to do it like times when you're not recording with us and I realized how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, the platform, platforms and social media. I always forget something. <laughs> he makes it look easy, guys, but it's not. And he's not reading from a script. This yeah. is just... Yeah, that's just on the top of my head. All up there. This is when I go to sleep, just like repeating it over and over again <laughs> in my head, just like all the time. <laughs> Where can they find us? <laughs> but yeah, that's two nuts in a pod. All right. Thank you. Uh, so as per usual, we're going to start with our segment, How Are You For Real? And this is where... The for real part is like we just don't want the short, polite answers. Like we want to hear, we want to hear a little bit more, as much as you want to share about what's going on for you. And for us, it's typically like we're going to tell you every emotion we've had in the past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to do that, but you know we're oversharers. <laughs> That's why we started the show. <laughs> Somebody listen to us. None of our friends will. <laughs> yeah, they just always seem to walk away during conversations. They're like, glassy we, well, we have a show now. They can't walk away. <laughs> I guess they could turn the knob on the radio or press pause on their phone or something. So. True. <laughs> we have forced listening parties where they have to. <laughs> Everyone listen. <laughs> just put it on a PA system. <laughs> you know, that actually is a good idea, though. That's something I know that's like business talk here. It's like what you could have done or what we could have done for the show is like have guests and then like have like a listening party. Hmm. 
mm. where the guest like brings their friends and stuff and people and we all like listen to it together. I know we the problem with ours is we started and then COVID hit and it just complicated everything. So like any like idea and plan we had was like, well, we're just trying to make a show now because it's difficult with COVID going on. But um, yeah, that would have been that sounds cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, they could have like their friends and family because you know they're already going to listen. Yeah. And then it's like a thing, you know, and it becomes like an event. You take like little pictures and there's memories and stuff and all that. I don't know how I'd feel about like watching people listen, though. <laughs> yeah, it might feel a little weird. <laughs> and yeah, obviously you'd all be chatting and stuff. So it's like, what are you sitting around silently, like sipping fruit punch? Just Yeah, I, I guess I don't. Yeah, it is weird because <laughs> I've never like hung out with people and like listened to the radio or something. I know that's like not like that foreign of a concept considering people used to definitely do that, but... Yeah, I guess I've never had like a listening party. There's gotta or be. Or we some. could do it silent disco style. <laughs> <laughs> then we don't know if they've changed to another station. <laughs> they start dancing. We're like, hey, we don't have any music on the show. Uh, Nancy, are you familiar with silent disco? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty funny. That I was thinking the same thing because we have our little um, earphones on now. So for people yeah. that aren't familiar, because this should be explained, uh, silent disco, you put headphones on. And there's like a DJ playing music, but they play like three different stations. So like there's like, oh, there's like an 80s music station and a hip hop station and then maybe a country station or something else. Like, And people in the room are dancing with headphones on, but they don't, the music's not blaring. So the room is actually kind of quiet, honestly, when you walk. It's just kind of weird to walk into a quiet room where people are dancing. The headphones have different lights on. And, like, green is for one station, red's for another, and blue's for another. And people can change the stations and look at which station their friend is on, and they can listen to those songs. So it's great for people, especially who don't, like, go into clubs or bars and, like, oh, this music sucks. It's like, well, you can just change the station for a little bit. So, yeah, that's silent disco. I, I should try it. Do people still yell over the music to talk to? Because I imagine a silent room where everyone's just screaming at each other. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird. It's more like, of a screamy disco. It is very eerie to walk into that room and be like, oh, like without the headphones on and just see people like moving around and stuff. You'll hear like some noise, but like not that much. You're like, what are people doing? Just feet shuffling. Yeah. Oh, I wish my parents and would have had that um, option when we were younger. You know, they wouldn't have had to listen to all the noise when we had friends over. They could have just been like, go oh, in yeah. the other room and put those earphones on. I think it's a great idea. I know that, like, some people might not be big fans of it because it's whatever, but, like, I, I just thought it was such a, it's a mm-hmm. good idea. I still haven't tried it. You guys go all the time and invite me. and We talk about going a lot. We actually don't go that much, but we uh, I've been a few times, and it is it's pretty fun, yeah. And it's just, like, something... I think the first time we saw it was like, it was like at a pride event and we like walked in and we're like, what is this mm-hmm. new world? And then we started dancing around. We're like, wow, this is a lot of fun actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a good time. You got to go the next time. They have them all yeah. the time now in Louisville. Yeah. I feel like it's having a moment because like disco nights are also having a moment. So yep. maybe it's, yeah, the word disco just very hot right now. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This goes back. We make the, we make back, the disco ball in Louisville, I hear. So what that's is a it? good. I think the disco ball is made in Louisville. I've heard that rumor before. Oh, really? So I think, uh, disco comes back. Oh yeah, because you all are native Louisvillians, right? Yeah, I am. Oh, you are, yeah. but you moved and moved. right. Okay. Correct. I spent nineteen years away. Because we make, yeah. I think it's like ninety percent of disco balls in the world come from Louisville. What? <laughs> See, I was right. So we're a disco ball exporter. You know, it's it's right across. It's really close to us. It's right across uh, Diorio's and Baxter. It's right across from there. 
I'll show you the building. It's like you wouldn't know at all that that's like the building that makes all these disco balls. It's wild. That's so bizarre. <laughs> now I know my presents for every holiday for everyone. <laughs> I'm like, get... these are locally made disco balls. <laughs> well, you hang them where you want, folks. That's right. I see a marketing <laughs> idea for them as well. You know how we have the bat and the bat tours down here at um, our Louisville Slugger museum they could do the same thing disco becomes big again they hang a disco ball out there on bardstown road or baxter i guess it is yeah and uh, invite people in for tours i would you leave with a little shiny square (laughs) of a disco ball yeah i would do i would do like a disco museum like that'd be so fun and just like oh yeah playful and silly then you'd be able to make the they manufacture the disco balls there too i don't know why we haven't talked to them yet yeah we should talk to them yeah Maybe that's good swag for Ford Radio. Ford Radio disco balls. <laughs> we have so many disco balls. <laughs> All right, we went off on a tangent. Sorry. So, emo, how are you for real? Um, I'd say I'm doing pretty good. I, um, yeah, I mean life is life is pretty calm right now. I have uh, one thing big on my plate right now is my parents' wedding anniversary is coming up. And uh, they don't listen to the show, so they're fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Happy anniversary, guys, in yeah. case you do listen. My mom and dad, they celebrate their anniversary, their 50th wedding anniversary pretty soon. Wow. And um, we were charged with, because, of course, the kids are organizing it for them, because I was like, my, our, we don't expect our dad to be really good at organizing that. Uh, but we're going to do, they're going to spend the night at the Omni. They're going to go to Vincenzo's, nice restaurant here. And the first night, we're going to surprise them with friends, uh, like, like on a Friday night. It was when their actual anniversary is going to be. We're going to surprise them with friends at this, like, little event space. And I have to organize that part. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been really totally on top of it. And it's, like, next week. <laughs> so I got to, like, uh, get things rolling there. So I'm a little little anxious with that. I uh, um, Just with everything going on in life, you know, life's pretty pretty busy in general for me. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, the one thing that's kind of stressing me out, which is really like a, not that big of a thing to stress you out. It's a really nice thing, too. Uh, but it's also just like wild to think of people that have done that for 50 years. I can't even imagine doing anything for 50 years. Like, that <laughs> just sounds <laughs> so wild to me to be committed with each other for 50 years. And just like, I just see like how often they like, you know, they kind of drive each other a little crazy. Like, they definitely sure, yeah. get on each other's nerves and, you know, bicker about little things. I mean, think about any roommate you've had. <laughs> yeah. It's just stupid roommate fights, basically. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, they're, but they're, they're pretty cute. Um, so, yeah, really excited for them. And I also, I uh, thought about putting this in my gratitudes, but I'll talk about it now. One exciting thing uh, I booked uh, skydiving. I'm going skydiving with my roommate brennan oh wow um, first time for both of you yeah we're going august 20th um eee. which anyone listening to the show is like i have no idea what today is but uh, it's pretty soon we're gonna go and uh very excited but very nervous like honestly when i think about it my feet get sweaty like oh. i like oh. i i'm like very because i'm already scared of heights mm-hmm. and then it's like you know what hey you're scared of heights why don't you just jump out of this airplane that's some <laughs> intense exposure therapy <laughs> Is your therapist okay with this? We haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> but, uh, cause I was, we've been, cause Britt and I had talked about it for a while and I was like, you know what, let's just do it. Like, it's like one thing, like, mm-hmm. I like to do things that scare me and that, like, really, really scares me. Like, life, death scare me. Not like, oh, I'm gonna look stupid up here giving this presentation scare me, but I'm, I might die scare me. Um, 
and I just have always wanted to do it. And he said he was going to do it too. I was like, okay, let's let's do this. So, um, paid for it, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna do it. You know, I used to want to do that also. Um, and back when local bungee jumping at events was a thing, I went up and said, I'm going to jump off this bungee platform somewhere here in Louisville. And I got to the top and I couldn't make myself do it. So I turned to the guy behind me. I said, you've got to push me. This is a work challenge. I mm. came up here to challenge myself for my, my team. And he goes, we're not supposed to push people. I said, you must push me. And he did. Or I wouldn't have been able to jump. <laughs> so I hope you don't have that problem. I hope you're able to bring it on. But it was... Was that traumatic, being pushed <clears throat> off of a cliff? No. I mean, in the end, it was exhilarating. And you went, yes, I did it. But I also, it fed that. I never had to do it again. I never jumped out of the plane. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, I did that bungee jumping thing. So, yeah. <laughs> I've heard bungee jumping is like... There are aspects that are scarier, just like the whole bouncing deal. Because, like, with, I guess, with uh, what I've heard with skydiving is, like, before your parachute goes up, it's just just disorienting. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm sure you have the sensation of falling, but because you're so high up and you don't know which way is up and which way is down, there's just air Flat, like, all around you, just a wind tunnel. Yeah. And then once you do the parachute, it's... I've heard it's just really peaceful because you're just floating mm-hmm. really slowly. I would imagine. But. Yeah, well, it scares me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I'm, my feet are sweating just thinking about it for you. Like, I'm not afraid you're going to get hurt. I know it's a very yeah, I already safe paid for, thing. I've already paid for it. Really. I'm just, uh, you know, yeah, I know it's safe, but, um, you know, overall it's safe. But uh, And I'm going, it's a tandem, so I'm, I guess a, a person jumps with me, an experienced person. Not just any person. Yeah. <laughs> also a person that's just never done it. Just grab someone off the just street. some person's <laughs> jumping with me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. So it's uh, excited about my parents' uh, wedding anniversary and their little, um, I was going to say play date, but <laughs> their little date, their little event, everything <laughs> going on. And then uh, the skydiving is all exciting. So just two little, very different but very exciting things in my life. Wow. Good for you. Uh, facing your fears. Uh, I cannot imagine. I'm afraid of heights, too. And I don't do roller coasters. I can do like a big Ferris wheel if it's one of those that's like like the Eye of London where it's like a a room that's just moving because the pods are so big and yeah. you don't feel like you're shaking around or anything. But yeah, I'm, like I've like I one time I was on one of those giant ferris wheels with like my dad and my sister who are more afraid of heights than i am so i felt like i had to be the brave one so <laughs> and they stop you uh it was actually in paris uh they stop you at the top for like a while because they want everybody to get the sightseeing in and it was like the tensest five minutes of all of our lives like it, I was trying to like talk a little to make them feel better, and then there's like shh, talking moves. The Ferris wheel, don't shh, don't talk. It's like okay, this is really fun. I'm glad we did this. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Good for you. Wow. 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 So Lizzie, how are you for real? I am never going to go skydiving for sure. I can promise everyone that. Uh, it's actually my wedding anniversary today. Oh, uh, congratulations. Seven years. We've been together 13 years in September. Um, so, yeah, we uh, 
We had some pancakes and bacon this morning. Um, I tried to make, I got these like healthy pancakes that have extra protein and they're like, they're keto or something. I don't do keto, but I was like, oh, healthy pancakes. Is this a new life hack? Can I eat them every day? <laughs> but I had a feeling they were going to taste really weird. So I made a couple and then it was just like, I literally took a bite and spat it out. It was so gross. Oh, so disappointing. Yeah. So guys, healthy pancakes are a lie. It's like one of those things you can't cheat with. You can't you go can't. in the healthy route. Like, this is just the way it is. You gotta have the flour and the eggs and, you know, you gotta have it all. So, um, yeah, we had a little special breakfast and just uh, watched some Arrested Development. Nice. Mm. And uh, tonight we're going to go see the new Jordan Peele movie, Nope. New-ish. Oh, okay. It's been out for a few weeks. Nice. But we've been wanting to see it for a while and... Uh, going to movies is like one of our favorite dates like you know we just love to eat the junk food while we're there mm -hmm. and then talking about the movie on the way home and i don't know it's fun it's like an outing where you're still sitting on a couch watching tv so the depresso in me it's really really works <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i never got the dinner in the movie concept i'm like why does anyone want to eat dinner before they go to the movie you're you there for the junk for snacks food. yes <laughs> And there's some theaters that have like the all out, they got corn dog nuggets, chicken tenders. Yeah, why would it. you, why would you eat beforehand? Yeah, no, you need the junk food there. Yeah. I'd like to do a um, half diet, half cherry Coke. Okay. Try it guys. I'm serious. We are sponsored by Coca-Cola. Yeah. Thank you. Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of what their slogan is. It's like, I'm loving it. No, that's not them. <laughs> I think it's always Coca-Cola. Always go, go, go. Oh, that used to be their thing. I thought it was something like it just know. right. Or They'll be know. very upset with us for getting it wrong. We should have straightened this out send before. Send a letter to us. <laughs> but yeah, I like, um, obviously, popcorn. Yeah. And the butter totally makes me sick, but it's worth it. Do you put butter and salt in your popcorn? Um, well, the movie theater popcorn's already so salty. Yeah. I'll usually have them yeah. do like light butter on it, because mm -hmm. seriously, the butter gives me migraines. <laughs> I don't know if it's a combination. wonder if it's like one of those MSG things. I don't know. I love MSG, though. Do you? I mean, <laughs> I don't have it for cooking at home, but like... You go out and it does you just right. See, no, oh, my I body loves MSG. Yeah. It's in my blood pretty much at all times, but... I don't put um, butter or salt on the popcorn. I feel like it's already got enough. You're such a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I do like those like flavored... Um, things you can put on popcorn, like the white cheddar dust. Or That's fun, yeah. They have those at theaters sometimes. But yeah, and then I usually, I like Sour Patch Kids. Um, sometimes Bunch of Crunch, because you can mix it in with the popcorn. A little sweet, savory. Mm, wow. Yeah, so I'm an expert at eating at movie theaters. Um, and I'm hungry right now, because I haven't eaten since breakfast. Um, the way you were explaining it was like, you have a lot of experience doing this. Like, you're yeah. like, I've got years behind yeah. this. I've never tried sneaking like whole meals into the theater. Um, I just feel like I'm already a messy eater, and I would end up with it all mm. over me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's not candy, though. Like, cheaper candy. Yeah, that's yes. Sometimes their candy rates are a little, mm -hmm. little steep. right. Yeah, you can get it at like the Dollar Tree or something for a dollar, and <laughs> you go there and it's seven fifty. <laughs> but then sometimes you get stale bunch of crunch, and I'm sorry, there's nothing worse in the world than stale bunch of crunch. I don't know what bunch of crunch is. Oh, it's like um, 
so it's like the crunch bars, but they're broken up into little, um, you know, little morsels, basically. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you just pop them in. It's, oh. just, it's a bunch of crunch. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Does that explain it any better? <laughs> now I know what that is. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, and our anniversary, we actually share it. Um, my brother got married last year, so this is his one-year anniversary, same date. Um, his mother and father-in-law have the same anniversary as us, and then my sister, her her and her husband's dating anniversary is today. So it's like a big day. What in the world? For the family, yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. That is kind of interesting that so many things fell on the same day. Yeah, it's fun. We're all like, happy anniversary. <laughs> it's like a group text. <laughs> and no one knows who they're talking to. They're talking to everybody. They can have their own silent disco, right? <laughs> um, but it's cute, actually. My brother, they got this idea from... Um, his wife's parents they every year uh they've been married like 35 years but every year they take turns planning like a surprise anniversary trip for the other person so my brother's doing that this year and uh he has no idea where he's going he just knows he's leaving in like a week or something oh so she's she planned it oh that's the first one so and she told me where they were going i was like don't tell i was like i will forget and folks i forgot i have no idea really nice romantic idea to swap off like that and anticipate for the whole year what your partner's gonna plan yeah my partner would plan in the last you know five minutes oh yeah the gosh. following year but we would do something i might just have to plan every year That'll be, <laughs> once you know hopefully in the future we'll have the income for it to you know do international trips every mm-hmm. year but it'd be cute to even do a little road trip or something mm-hmm I think about that. Yeah, there's so much of like the states that I haven't seen. I feel like I traveled a lot when I was younger, and now it's like every few years or something. We were going out for a two week family vacation, and I had the calendars out, you know, three months in advance. Let's sit down so we can get book hotel rooms and, and plan this trip and maybe see something we've never seen before, right? And uh, I think it was about three days before the trip. There were still moving parts. No one ever sat down with me. We had three vehicles instead of one. (laughs) It was just a zoo, but we had a blast. Just a caravan. (laughs) Well, everybody went different places. One car started from North Carolina. One went to D.C. The other one went to Virginia. Then we met up in New York. It was kooky. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. It's a lot of work planning a trip, though. I mean, because I'll look into like restaurants I want to go to, and because I'm obsessed with food, it's pretty much my only hobby. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, the last trip I planned was to Costa Rica, was which was right before COVID hit in 2020. Um, That's when I was here. You were going to meet your sloth friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I saw yeah. lots of sloths on that trip. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like the sloth person. Everyone gets me. They see sloth stuff and just get it for me. So I've got like a couple sloth stuffed animals at home. I've got David Lee sloth. Um, I know David Lee sloth. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. And then I can't remember. <laughs> it took me a long time to try to figure out the other sloth's name. Because how do you top David Lee sloth? Honestly. <laughs> um, I think he's Philip sloth. I don't know. He's some director. Is Philip Roth a director? Isn't Philip Roth a writer? I don't know. He's a writer. 
I have a funny thought here, but one of our friends on the trip was excited because she was a Yankee fan, plus she was also a Bobblehead fan, plus she was also a Grateful Dead fan, and the coming week after we saw her was going to be the Bobblehead night for Jerry Garcia, so she was going to the game <laughs> to get her Bobblehead. At Yankee Stadium? Yeah. Oh, wow. But do you think... There are sloth bobbleheads. This is the thought that just went through my oh, mind. How funny be that so would be. Cute. <laughs> that would be great. All right, listeners, if you know where I can get a sloth bobblehead, be please. Nice if Coca-Cola would send us something since yeah. we were sponsored right. by them. We did such a great ad for them. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm loving what Jizz McDonald's. <laughs> I'm so archaic. I was thinking, have a Coke and a smile. That's probably from the 70s. That's how old that probably is. Oh, I like that one. It was a great one. It was good. It's good stuff. Back when marketing was marketing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no other real news for me. Um, I've been, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten my summer seasonal depression this year, which is pretty awesome. There's still time. I'm excited. (laughs) I know, (laughs) because... In Louisville, summer goes to, like, late September, basically. Yeah, it's a while. Um, but fall is definitely, like, my favorite season. So I was shopping the other day and saw there was a creamer that was uh, pumpkin spice. <laughs> I would have gotten it, but Seth would make fun of me so hard. He's like, Lizzie, it's August. Just like, do it. Just do early. it. Just do it, you know. <laughs> Um, I am always sad when those flavors end their season at like the Starbucks or something. You know, yeah, like, man, I really. They like already the have the. Spice. They already have the creamers out for winter too. They've got the peppermint mocha. Mm-hmm. Out. Also a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually been really thinking about Christmas a lot lately, like being nostalgic for Christmas and like excited about it. And uh, my friend was like, "Let's do Christmas in July next year." pump up the ac in her apartment so everyone has to have like cozy stuff and blankets on um you know watch christmas movies make cookies what i mean just because usually i'm too seasonally depressed to actually enjoy christmas when it happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so christmas in july good mm-hmm. life hack for <laughs> other people with seasonal depression <laughs> and for people who hate summer like yep. emo yeah that's true a little christmas in july but anyway um things are pretty good I'm happy right now. There's still time. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nancy, how are you for real? How am I for real? Well, I'm tired. I think, um, you know, you go on this vacation, you're you're pushing yourself, you come back, you know the work was piling up. Um, We had an employee who had resigned right before... I went on vacation, so I have two jobs now, hers and mine. And, you know, there's just a lot going on. So um, trying to clean all of these things off my desk and get ahead with everything that normally happens so that hopefully by the end of next week I won't feel quite so tired. But, yeah, I'm not one that normally puts in weekend hours. I've been putting some weekend hours in, and that's on top of a week that was over 40. So that's a lot. Yeah. need a rest <laughs> do you um for yourself do you like set us i mean when you know like you're feeling pretty exhausted from work or whatever do you like set time apart for yourself that like you're like okay i'm definitely gonna rest here or do you just kind of just find it when you can i I do both you know sometimes i set that aside and say you know clearly on the calendar this is for me um other times it it's just you know that you're at that point where you need a break and you, what do I want to do with this time? I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to watch a show when I come back and maybe have a meal before I go back into this work mode. 
Um, I'm not a good napper. That is mm. one of the things that is a problem because I, if I take a nap at any point in the day, it will feel like I'm waking up again. I will need to pour another pot of coffee, get mm. started all over again. So if you're push, push, pushing yourself for two weeks on vacation and then you come back and you're push, pushing yourself, you're missing those those rest periods, you know. There was yeah. one morning I was up at 5.30. I was like, what am I doing up this early? My alarm's set for 7.37. Fly like 7.37, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not supposed to be up yet, but I'm clearly up, so I should start working. No, I shouldn't have. Who knows what I should have done at 5.30 in the morning, but going back to bed was not an option, so. Yeah. I like to just, like, read in bed mm -hmm. if I wake up early and can't go back to sleep, because then I feel like I'm still resting, mm -hmm. but my brain has something to do, because mm -hmm like I don't know about you but if I wake up early like that it's like my brain is like really awake but my body is still very sluggish so it's like I don't really want to I would start agree with that around. my brain wakes up before my body does I'm like yeah yeah I really have to get up and walk across this room <laughs> yeah or you get up thinking okay I'm awake and then immediately like your knees give out and it's like <laughs> oh no standing is the worst yeah I like how Lizzie with reading, I do that sometimes, and then also sometimes I do meditating. I'll do that when I'm just like, okay, I can still rest, but I don't want to get up, and I don't want to start working. And I've started to try to implement some, like, pro-mental health uh, mindfulness practices in the morning. So it's very, like, you know, relaxing, calming in the morning for me, not just, like, immediately, like, work. So I, just I don't know. I had a it. great meditation practice for years that was always in the morning, but I would relocate to this big chair my big comfy chair and somehow it's never made it back into this house after I moved from Pennsylvania um first it was still in the house there when my husband worked there for two years after I moved here um then he moved here we put it in storage then he took a job in southern Indiana that's far enough away that he needed an apartment it went with them so I don't have my meditation chair oh. you know it's like it's not a good scene I probably need to find another chair you know, yeah chair. it sounds like you need to treat yourself yeah. get a chair get yeah. a new meditation the couch chair. would probably work too but that chair was just it was embedded with meditation and mm -hmm. all sorts of good positive energy yeah it's nice having a like a spot in your house that's dedicated to one activity mm -hmm. so it's like yeah moving there actually puts you in that headspace that's right that is great yeah, good yeah and sometimes i'll even do because like my problem too if i wake up early i'll get like morning anxiety sometimes so then it's just like just just rapid thoughts constantly and um usually worries it's like you know i'll start worrying but sometimes i'll even do some like yoga poses just in bed you know just stretchy mm -hmm. type things and because it brings your cortisol down when you stretch it just you know, it engages your parasympathetic nervous system and your body's like, oh, we're fine. Good. That's, and I hope that's... those messages get to my brain and it calms down sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome. Also, yoga in bed is great. It's even more relaxing than <laughs> right. yoga on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Easier on the joints, too. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, all right. So it's time for us to take a quick little break and we'll be right back. Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. 
hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 165 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back with Nancy Brooks, friend of the show. And uh, this is the part of the show where we just kind of hear more from you. And when we have people who work in mental health advocacy, we focus more on that. Whereas, like, with some other guests, they're just here sharing, like, their personal mental health issues. Um, which, you know, you can totally bring up, too. But you're, you're an expert, and we want to <laughs> extract from you as much as we can. So could you tell us a little bit, for, like, listeners who don't know about NAMI, kind of what you guys do, and even if you have, like, some current initiatives? Absolutely. And I laughed. Emery already introduced us. Um, we do locally say NAMI. Um, nationally, Lots of people say NAMI, so we're really okay with You can say the name however you want to, but it does stand for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And um, one of the beauties of the organization from my perspective as, as a director is that there's not a great deal of reporting back to national. So they're not hovering over us saying, you know, you have to do everything specifically the way we're telling you. But we do have to stay in line with their... Um, signature programs, which are education classes, support groups, speaking training, um, peer-to-peer training. We have um, some new ones that have come up that are um, specifically race-based to support um, particular communities where maybe they want to be more um, in line with their own uh, race or, or community or gender and not feel like they have um confusion in terminology which can happen and we we all know we're trying to be more culturally competent we're trying to work to learn how to say what we're supposed to say but if you're part of the group you're going to know how to do that Mm -hmm. and so that that peer-to-peer relationship that NAMI really focuses on can be made really strong in these super small subgroups so we love that we love that that's growing we're also looking to expand English as a second language programming for folks um going to meet with the Kentucky Refugee Ministries um, a couple weeks from now to talk a little bit about how that can can build our infrastructure of folks who maybe, let's just use Spanish as a language, but who speak Spanish as their first language so that if there are folks in their community struggling with mental health, they're not also um, being compacted by this language barrier. Um, One of the other beauties that I love about being an affiliate of of NAMI is that we're allowed to kind of expand our programming independent of theirs. So if you're seeing something in the community that you say, wow, this is a missing piece. How can I build here? How can I support better in this area? We're allowed to do that without, you know, them providing us with specific um, programming. So two things that we've really built here in Louisville more recently that that, um, I think are very supportive of our community. 
One is our youth programming. We started in 2018 a youth advisory council, and um, it's made up of youth 13 to 24. Those are the age ranges where um, a youth might have an existing mental health condition, but it might not be diagnosed or treated. And um, there are some real facts that happen when that's the case. Folks start to self-medicate. Folks start to um, be disinterested in positive activities and relationships and school and, and all the things that start to break them down in their um, full life. You know, the mental health is, is maybe beginning to diminish and need some support, but their whole life is also starting to unravel. Um, it, a lot of times, you know, problems between youth and parents can be part of that issue. So our goal is to educate every aspect. So we want to educate parents. We want to educate teachers. We want to make sure that anyone who's coming in contact with young people knows the signs and symptoms, but more importantly, knows how to communicate those to the other adults in this child's life or to the child themselves in a loving, supportive way that helps them to get that, that help and support that they need. We've also started support groups again with smaller peer um, dynamics, one for 15 to 18 year olds and one for 19 to 30 year olds. They're going really well and it's, it's awesome to see the youth getting as much out of these support groups as they are. Um, we're in schools more than we used to be with interesting presentations like middle school body image presentation. That's one that I think everybody can really um, bite into at that point in their lives when, you know, girls are growing faster. There's just so many issues in that age group about how we feel about how we look. It's like, so, like that, I think, is when body shame started for me. Absolutely. It's, yeah. yeah, right kind of around that time when you hit puberty. It's like, wait, why do I hate my body now? That's weird. And we've talked to the, the counselors after these presentations and said, you know, start a citizenship program. Acknowledge these students. Give the eighth grader that was, you know, the most uh, thoughtful in how they communicated with their peers an award when they graduate, that kind of thing. You know, just make it at something that people are attempting they're really working to be a good citizen um but these these opportunities to get into schools and talk with youth is is life-changing i think because it gets them talking it, it develops um a lifestyle for them yeah it sounds like um early intervention is a key focus for you all which i think is great because on the show we talk about all the time how growing up for us um you know being millennials uh we like i know generations before us talked even less about mental health but even for us comparing now yeah. to as we were growing up like that we just didn't even have a language for it and when you don't have a language for your feelings um it's so much it's so confusing and you just you think there's something wrong with you because you don't have that language for it that kind of gives you that sense of solidarity with other people and uh and I love that. Like, I love the idea of, like, let's start earlier and earlier starting to give those people 
um, um, vocabulary. Correct. We even have, um, and the, the other program that we've been doing that is really awesome ties in right here. It's called um, Stigma Free Workplace. So NAMI Stigma Free Workplace supports staff and management of, of businesses or organizations in a way that gives them tools to use, um, trainings to take, the language, as you as you expressed. Um, and, and then that way, if someone is struggling or their family member is struggling, they're no longer afraid to come to their boss and say, I believe I need a few days off for this. No one would be afraid to come in if they were diagnosed with cancer. So let's just eliminate that fear. Um, it's something that Nationally, some research has shown that they really, really want this. Employees are asking for this. Employers are trying to provide more. So we're trying to meet that need here locally. Um, one of our partners is um, Head Start. And so this small um, group of, of facilitators teaching very young children. And we thought, well, how can we support them here? So we created coloring books that have, you know, images of different expressions and some one-word pages with, you know, colorful areas to color around those words that help these young people kind of understand their emotions. So you can go really young like that. We've also worked with another partner, um, YMCA, where we've gone into their summer camps and they have groups divided into different age groups and we'll take four topics and we'll rotate around and give these children um, you know all four topic presentations for the day so it's been nice to see young people engaged in these conversations mm -hmm. um, some of them are incredibly verbal already and understand the terminology so I think you really were spot on right then that this is something that you know, you're talking eight, nine-year-olds have been educated well enough to know how to express themselves around mental health. Is there um, a lot of research about how early intervention is effective in, let's say, like, you know, preventing more uh, severe mental health episodes later in life or... Anything like that? Well, the way I've, I've always looked at it, and I'm not sure that this topic is coming straight from research, but more just general knowledge. Um, let's let's say you're 12. You're having your first sort of episode of mental health, and you don't really know what it is. You just know you don't feel right. Sometimes you can't even express it. You might say, I feel really bouncy, and you're feeling anxious. Or you might say, I feel, you know, tired, and you're feeling depressed. Well. That's one of the things we can teach youth is how to express how they feel and have other people understand that those feelings might be related to mental health. But you're in this phase and no one's talking to you, let's just say, and no one's picking up on your vibe and it's getting worse. And now you're, we'll go with tired. Now you're not getting up for school on time. You're, you know, falling asleep in class or you're going to do your homework at night and, and not having the capacity to do that, well, it's affecting you. If you're 13 to 24, you should be thriving in your education. Those are the years people should be getting educated. And if you're not, then the consequences of that are, you know, maybe less less proficient job opportunities or, or any number of other things. For me, I always look at the emotion. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that you didn't get to college because you only got marginal grades in high school because you were depressed? Hmm. 
See, that doesn't seem so great, right? Mm. There's also this um, substance abuse issue. You don't feel right, but maybe taking something makes you feel a little different. And you go, well, that might be for me. That These things are all things that down the pike lead to a less productive, less successful life. And we, if we stop earlier and we talk earlier and we change the behaviors at a younger and younger age, we eventually will see a tide turn where folks are saying, rather than do this thing that might break down my life, might make me get into trouble, whatever else might happen, I'm going to go talk to that school counselor who seems like a good person, who's going to give me some good advice, who's going to help me work with my parents to get to a place where I can get some services. I'm going to reach out to groups like NAMI and get involved in their Youth Advisory Council where I'm going to be surrounded by like-minded youth who are going to be open and accepting and supportive. You know, these are things that we can do. Yeah, and I would think, too, it just occurred to me as you were talking um, that you know, one things one of the things one of the reasons we started this show is just you know to encourage people talking about their feelings and breaking down the stigma, and that yeah, I think the earlier you can do that, the better too, because then you start developing those coping skills early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where to maybe you earlier in life feel like you have more of a handle on you know trying to regulate your emotions where you know for me i feel like i was so delayed in that that i didn't really get to develop coping skills until like my 20s well right and i remember being into self-help type books in my high school and college years and thinking they were interesting to read because i would get tips and clues and ideas of how to improve whatever was not right in my life at any point but i still didn't get to a place of utilizing those and I remember not probably really in the um, COVID period utilizing more self-care tools than ever in my life going oh my gosh I can't sit at this table at this part of my house for another minute Mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of myself and get up and walk around the block or whatever would help me I mean for me it's exercise sunshine things like that but for some people, it's, you know, that nap that if I wake up, I'm going to be groggy again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take care of yourself and use the tools that are out there. They're all, they're Googleable. You know, mm-hmm. we can find self-care tips and, and helpful tips all over the place. But if we're not using them, they are not going to work. Yeah, and sometimes I'll seriously, I'll be having a feeling that I feel shame about usually it's anxiety. And then I'm, I'm really curious. I'm like, that's the nice thing about, you know, the internet is like, you can find a community for any topic Mm -hmm. that's talking about it, maybe has a support group, whatever it is. Um, it, that shame just like lifted Mm -hmm. just from seeing those other people. When you talk about shame, and I think this is a topic that I've didn't bring up the last time I was here, but um, I I like to call them psychological injuries and express to everyone that there's literally no one out there who doesn't have one. Um, It could be a bad breakup. It could be the death of a loved one or a pet. 
it could be an embarrassment from elementary school, some stupid thing we all did. Those are in our heads. And if they were wounds on our body, we'd heal them. Because they're in our heads, we're ignoring them. And actually getting that, that feeling of um, putting it back on ourselves. You, you called it shame. It might feel different to other people. But we shouldn't put those, those instances back on ourselves. We shouldn't pick at those wounds. We, if we're feeling that, that is the basis for an opportunity for a mental health concern. And there's no one out there that cannot relate to that. So I think that's, you know, I also want to kind of speak to the parents at this point. There's nothing worse for your child than to destroy their life by not being properly treated. And I'm not a pill pusher. That might be a therapist. That might be a support group. That might be a lot of things before they have to have a medication to, to provide balance for themselves. But you don't want that um unraveling of that child's life to be on you. So if you see signs and symptoms, it's your responsibility as a parent to care enough to try to get them some help and to support them in every way that you can. And we have class for parents too. So they can join our basics class and learn anything they want to learn about mental health. Um, it'll also support them in the school journey of their child and no cost. It's free class. And, um, yeah, it's, it's super important that parents are, are looking into that. The child does not have to have a diagnosed mental health condition. They just have to be showing some sign or symptom, and the parent can start learning. Is this something I should be navigating? Where, where do I go? Where are the resources? That's great. So switching gears a little bit, uh, Nancy, is there anything coming up that NAMI has that uh, people can get involved with or connected to NAMI? How can people... Yes, I mean, there's always ways for folks to get involved. We're t we accept volunteers in so many capacities. So please, if you ever want to get involved, reach out and um, go to our website, namilouisville.org. But up in October 15th, we are having our annual Step Forward for Mental Health Walk. Um, it starts early in the morning. and Registration is pre-walk, which... Um, happens at 11 a.m., but we have booths and vendors and um, food and just lots of activities um, at Waterfront Park, music, we have music. Um, it'll be at the Harbor Lawn this year, which is a little different than in the past, very near where we were, but um, closer to the water, which I love because I feel like it just brings a beauty and an energy to the event. Um, they, again, you can go to namilouisville.org to learn more about that. October 15th, the Step Forward for Mental Health Walk, which will give us a great opportunity to bring awareness to mental health and the need for supports in our community. Awesome. And we will um, we'll put that link in our show notes um, as well as reference to that walk and when it's happening. Yeah. You know, we, we're still taking sponsors. We encourage folks to bring their friends and their family to create teams. It can be a great opportunity to just have a good time downtown and come out and join all the rest of us that are trying to make a uh, statement here at, that mental health is really important. I had my own team for two years in a row and it was pretty fun. We had like 20 of us or whatever and raised a couple thousand bucks each time. It was nice and yeah, it was good like just a good morning outing with friends and uh, able to see downtown and everything, walk around, do something active and 
also bring awareness to an important issue. Yeah. And we may be um, a, a local affiliate of a national organization, but there is no trickle-down funding. So everything we receive to run our organization is local here, and this is our biggest fundraiser. So we really want to let people um, know that, that we can use your support. You know, we're not too um, humble here to ask for uh, folks to join us and, and bring out as many folks as they can. Awesome. Uh, so we're going to do a quick little round of gratitudes. Uh, so this is just where we share whatever we're thankful for right now. It can be something really small. It can be something really big. Whatever you're feeling. Nancy, you want to? Well, the first thing that came to mind is family. I'm very grateful for my family. Uh, I lost my father in February, and I think that just highlighted how important it is um, to spend time with them and be be in um, connection in a way that's really positive and, and wonderful. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, for my gratitude, um, it's not it's not nearly as nice as Nancy's. <laughs> Mine is just, uh, uh, I guess it's, it's pushing myself. Um, I think uh, I'm grateful to know when and how to push myself. And like so, something like the the skydiving is pushing myself, challenging myself to do something that's, you know, scares me. Um, and I feel like I, you know, do that sometimes in life, and it just feels nice to challenge yourself like that. And also feels like a, not a challenge where I'm biting off too much. I might feel when I'm in the plane and up there, I'm like, all right, this is too much. Like but you gotta push me. <laughs> but but right now, it, it feels pretty good to be able to challenge myself and push myself even when things are kind of scary. So not only professionally personally but um whatever just any capacity just being able to push myself it feels it feels good to be able to do that in like a healthy way so and it should be exciting that's with a friend so nice and it might be up in the plane be like nope let's take the plane back down (laughs) (laughs) and that's fine too because you did you tried yeah i got up in the plane that was a big thing (laughs) yeah i love that attitude it's not it's it's great to try to push yourself it's also good just to have tried so often we give up before we even do that and that's how you learn where your boundaries are Mm -hmm. you know that sometimes i tend to overset boundaries and then i don't push myself enough Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a natural part of like figuring out what works for you and what doesn't uh i am thankful for just changing seasons I get so excited about the upcoming season. Like, I don't think I could ever live anywhere that doesn't have seasons. Like, it just feels like renewal for me. Every Mm -hmm. time a new season's coming, I get excited. I like switching out the clothes and remembering the ones that I forgot I had from last year. (laughs) Uh, And uh, because I have a life hack where I shop at the end of a season when all the sales happen. And then the next year, you're like, whoa, brand new clothes. Um, But yeah, and... uh, it's I don't know I just get this warm very childlike feeling when I start getting excited about the season changing. Um, again, I wish fall and spring lasted a little longer in Louisville. Uh, they tend to be kind of short and a lot of all over the place weather, but you get a few weeks in there where it's pure fall or mm-hmm. pure spring. Yeah, and then summer and winter are just interminable. <laughs> But again, the summer didn't seem that long this year. But yeah, I'm also just generally, um, I'm grateful that I am feeling hopeful and I'm feeling excited right now. Um, I had a rough couple years during COVID, like a lot of people. I lost a couple of my fur babies and just, yeah, had 
a lot going on um, mental health wise. And, uh, you know, now with um, starting grad school soon uh, and yeah, just totally shifting some things. It's like it was scary for a while, but now I'm like things are falling into place and I'm just excited. So just the ability to feel hopeful is great because I remember sessions with therapists were like what are you looking forward to i'm like oh i hate this question because <laughs> when you're depressed it's like you're not looking yeah. forward to anything yeah but um yeah i'm grateful for that nice all right so uh we are out of time uh nancy thank you so much for coming on yes thank, thank you, you so much for having me guys i really appreciate it so we've got the walk the step forward step forward for mental health walk That's on october correct. 15th that's right. NAMI's one big annual push for both funding and um, community advocacy. So we hope we see a lot of you out there. Awesome. All right, guys, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.